Hello and welcome to the Shut Your News Hole podcast. My name is Frizzell Bailey. And uh, my name is Zach Mazur. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing well, Frizzell. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. How's everything in Chicagoland? <laughs> Just peachy. What is our first topic today? So today, today's show we're talking about... Um, Fake news, Facebook, and a whole big bag of conspiracies. Um, it's, it's one of those. It's one of those topics that I feel like just doesn't go away. Like month after month, year after year, at least since 2015, is all is all we hear about. I think there's always, well, of course, been conspiracy theories and 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 you know, phone news sites. It's just the nature of the internet and Facebook and social media has, I think, amplified it. Exactly. Yeah. The, the the sheer reach and scope of it is so much larger than it used to be right um it's it's astounding when you think about it absolutely i mean and as, as we now know um the reach is so powerful that it, it probably influenced the last presidential election at least according to our security services but maybe not so much to our president <laughs> <laughs> yeah d- d- despite the um people that you appointed to head these agencies give you the give you the, their their honest opinion on, on this on this on the subject and you discount everything you say yeah so. but brazil to be fair putin did deny it so, I mean, would Putin lie? I don't think so. Well, any guy who can look that good shirtless on a horse, pretty trustworthy. Yeah, yeah, pretty hot. The Russian women are swimming. Anyway, so um, so where do you want to start with this, Frizzell? It's a big topic. Well, I'll let you take the lead off. Well, the thing, first I'd like to start with a little bit of background because yeah. this, this idea of of quote-unquote fake news or hoax or uh, what we used to call tabloid news isn't really something that was just invented. Mm -hmm. You can go all the way back to the early 20th century and the penny press and yellow journalism and and see the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So for for our listeners who aren't familiar with with yellow journalism, it's basically a term um, given to uh, press outlets who, kind of like today, would, would print just about anything, unsubstantiated claims, um, uh, you know, outlandish images, mm-hmm. interviews that weren't real, misleading headlines, yeah. um, just all kinds of things that, that could not be substantiated just for the purpose of selling more papers. Right. Nowadays, we call that clickbait. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a real serious issue, too. I mean, to the extent, if you, if you look back at the Spanish-American War from, you know, I was doing a little background research, was, and I, I knew this before, I just didn't remember the specifics, but it was called the Media War, and it was, you know, started in a lot of ways because, um, you know, William Randolph Hearst, um, basically, you know, with his with his yellow journalism and that kind of reporting over the top stuff, got people in a tizzy and, and you know, in total war mode. And then when the um, U.S. battleship Maine blew up and sank in Havana Harbor, you know, that that basically was the catalyst for the war. And it's it's not it's never been proven if that was the Spanish who did it. It might have been a mine that was already planted who knows when or uh, th- there might have just been an explosion in the ship for some reason but this is, this is a perfect example of how dangerous yellow journalism and fake news can be exactly and that it's nothing new well and, and that, that, that that brings us to today so um actually not, not saying that you know I'm, I'm some you know foreteller of the future but i can remember as early as 
2011, 2012, complaining to whomever would listen about how on Facebook people would make these posts uh, shared from websites that seemed pretty sketchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, I would think, well, where did you where did you even find this website? <laughs> this, this doesn't make any sense to me. There's like two things going on. First of all, there's the whole confirmation bias that everyone's guilty to, to an extent. Some of us are more aware of it, that we have it and try to fight it. But I think you see something online that, you know, comports with your views. And so you send it off and you don't look at what the source is. I remember years ago, too, there was a really funny, it was a picture of Abraham Lincoln. And, you know, over it were the words that said something like, you know, make sure that, you know, you can't trust everything that you find on the internet. And then it said like, you know, quote, Abraham Lincoln, which is pretty hilarious because of obviously <laughs> he could have never made that quote. But it had this like patina of, you know, seriousness. There's a picture of Abraham Lincoln. We all, you know, know who he was. And, um, so, yeah, and I've noticed that, too. Um, and that's something I wanted to talk about, too, is just kind of news literacy or internet news literacy nowadays, because a lot of people don't know what's a legitimate source and what isn't. Um, you know, I have a rule of thumb that if there's a URL with the word truth in it, then the whole website's probably bullshit. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I do remember in the in the run up to the, the last election, um, people sending me articles from um, uh, RT, which is the Russian newspaper, which is not, you know, a legitimate source in the sense that, you know, it was a weaponized newspaper. It was, you know, um, but it, it, it looks very, you know, professional and, and it, it seems like the stories and it could be true. And some of the stories in it are true. And that's what they do. They have to mix the real news but it's, it's, bullshit. But, it, but it's clearly, it's clearly influenced by the Kremlin. Right. I mean, but a lot of people didn't know. you can't, you can't read that publication without realizing that there's, there's a political bent that is heavily in favor. Well, of right. You, you, you maybe, but a lot of people aren't as sophisticated. They're not, you know, they're not media animals like we are, you know? Um, and sometimes they read things and it, it seems, you know, legitimate. And so that's that. Um, so there, there, there does require a level of sophistication to know when you're, you know, being fed propaganda. Um, and it's not easy because not everybody reads the news all the time. And even if you just started reading the news a lot a month ago, you still kind of have to have built up, you know, years and years of just general knowledge about the world that helps you kind of, you know, know if something seemed accurate or not. Um, and then, of course, you need to, you know, ha- you need to get news from a number of sites to see if things, you know, corroborated or not. But what what happened? You're old enough to remember back when, you know, you didn't have as cluttered a media landscape. There was no uh, cable news cycle. It was, it was the big three news organizations and your your local newspaper and the New York Times and Washington Post. Yes. And yeah. those were the sources. But you also had, you know, the National Enquirer. Right. And what's the other one? Yeah. Uh, what's the, the other? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of other ones. The, 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 the star. Yeah. And so there was, a, there was a point where, you know, even people who read the Inquirer and the Star mm-hmm. kind of knew that this is this is nonsense, right. but it's fun. Right. I would hope so. So <laughs> it wasn't it, it, it was it wasn't it wasn't something that people generally went to as this is my primary source for for news on what's happening in the world. It was oh this is a, a guilty pleasure and I know that. Right. I would agree that so most people what, knew that. What, <laughs> Kidding. You know, well, yeah, people that but anyway i get your point well yeah absolutely but by, by and large it was not considered by most people even among its own readership to be something that was to be taken seriously and literally mm-hmm. yeah but, so what changed between that point let's let's call it circa 1989 90 yeah. and 2016 well yeah i mean well we know what's changed is there's just been a huge explosion of of media research 
resources, um, some legitimate, some not. Uh, and then, of course, we have easier access to ones that maybe we didn't even know about before because of the nature of the Internet. You know, how many people ever in the United States read The Spectator, you know, or The Guardian until really they could find it online? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I, I don't think the Internet was was the catalyst okay. for this. What do you think it is? I, I think I think it was social media. OK, I'm sorry. I was, because, I was conflating the two. Well, yeah, because you, you think you think back before, you know, the height of Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. there were there were there were always publications, um, you know, online right. that you could mm-hmm. read. But 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 by and large, you know, people had their handful of places right. they went to and you know, their message boards or you know whatever. But it wasn't it wasn't there wasn't this legitimacy, this automatic legitimacy lent to a publication. And what Twitter and Facebook do for for people like Alex Jones, like Breitbart, mm-hmm. is that they give them the same legitimacy as the New York Times or CBS yeah. News. So if, if if you're if you're if you're a casual news consumer, mm-hmm. you don't see any difference between these two these two types of right. And, and and that's probably the feeling is probably amplified by the fact that those those publications also have advertisements. They make money, you know, through ad revenue as well. And then that just yeah, it gives you the same feeling of yeah, this is a news source. Look at here's a you know a, um, an advertisement for a mattress. And, you know, when I go to other websites, there's ads too. Maybe so. Maybe somehow, yeah. If a if a news source is sophisticated enough, if you want to use that word, to have advertisers, then maybe people think that makes it therefore more of a serious news source. But of course, that really doesn't mean anything. It just means that the advertisers know that there's a lot of eyeballs, or a lot of clicks going to that website. Well, I don't even that that that's a true statement. But also, I think that legitimacy is granted by virtue of it being on Facebook okay. and Twitter. Because when you look at a post that is served to you because of what you looked at in the past on mm-hmm. these platforms, it looks it looks very much like something you might see from you know Newsweek or right. the LA Times. So that 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 little that little uh, sample blurb mm-hmm. that you're fed is indistinguishable from from any other news organization. Okay. Yeah, I mean, again, I didn't I don't mean to harp on the advertising thing. I'm just going from a certain like um, aesthetic perspective. When a person stumbles on one of these sites and looks at it, yeah, it had and, you know. In addition to maybe how the the copy is written, not the substance of it, but you know that it's written professionally in a newsy way, and then just like the you know other news sources that are more legitimate, yeah, you're seeing the pop up ads and things. So that's just what I meant is that it just gives a uh, makes people feel that it's like you said more like some of the more traditional um, news outlets. Um, well, yeah, and, and I, I agree with that, but I'm saying that also it's is that when you're served those those sources on Facebook mm-hmm. or Twitter, the way those platforms are built makes it seem legitimate. Right. It, whether or not it really is okay, so they don't make it. They don't make a distinction between you know fact based, you know source mm-hmm. news and anything you think else. They the platforms, Facebook or Twitter. They're just offering it up yeah. to you. There it is. Okay, read it. Right, right. Share it. So, so, so when you when you see when you see a a, a story served up to you by Facebook from mm-hmm. Alex Jones, it doesn't look very much different from something coming from you know sixty right. minutes. So then I guess oh, even though those, we talk about then you know. Yeah whether it was right or wrong, you know, and the issues surrounding, you know, banning Jones from some of these platforms, maybe before, maybe what are you recommending or suggesting that some of these platforms might maybe even have like a, a quote unquote media legitimacy rating that people can see, you know, so when they get, you know, when someone sends them an article from the New York Times, maybe there's like a little five stars, meaning this is, you know, a reputable news source. They get something from Breitbart, two stars, Alex Jones, negative five stars. I mean, is that what you're kind of getting? 
I don't think that's what you're getting at, but it seems to me like, why would it be the platform's job to inform people whether this is a valid news source or not? Well, the, the, the fundamental question is one of whether these platforms are publishers mm-hmm. or just passive platforms. Right. So, so we talked about the yellow journalism earlier, and there was a te- technological um, change that made that possible also. You know, that printing became cheaper, mm-hmm. therefore it lowered that barrier of entry. Mm-hmm. So the same same thing with the internet and social media. It lowers the barrier of entry to be a a content provider or right. a news source. And of course, a lot of it's free so that's, that's, too. That's, I mean, yeah, as far as I know, you had to buy the newspapers back then. Maybe you'd read a secondhand copy, but yeah, it, it, a lot of it's free. Well, well, yeah. So 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 on both the supply side and the consumption side, the cost is, has plummeted to to in some cases mean nothing. But the fundamental question is: Are these are these technology companies publishers? Are they gatekeepers? Or are they just are they just a printing right. press? Well, I mean, with the banning of Infowars, that would be an example of them being gatekeepers, at least in that instance. Um, and uh, you know, so what's the next question then? Is is that good or bad? Legally, they have the right to do it. A lot of people mix up the whole idea of freedom of speech with you know being banned from something. You know, nobody's infringed upon Jones's freedom of speech. Keeps saying what he wants. You know, but there's no reason that a private you know a, a company has to post his stuff. That's you know, they can censor it, but censoring isn't always a bad thing necessarily. Well, the the legal definition requires that the government be the one right. And that's when, yeah. That's so under, under that understanding of censorship, there is no censorship in, in, the, exactly. in the private sector. That's at what all. I was trying to say. <laughs> yep. But a lot of people forget that. That 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 was part of my point too. Is a lot of people forget it, or they they, they mix the things up and they think that you know, hey, they wouldn't you know publish my article in the newspaper or something. That's censorship. What about my freedom? speech that has nothing to do with it well and you asked whether or not banning these content providers was the best way to approach it okay i'm not convinced that it is mainly because i don't know that in the long term it's something that's sustainable because there's so many voices out there we're talking about alex jones but there's also um what is it the internet um research association or agency uh out of of russia they (laughs) right they they have they, they have thousands of, of pages, if not more, on yeah. Facebook and Twitter and there's bots. And how do you how do you police all of that um, without mm-hmm. having a massive army of human mm-hmm. of human editors and an algorithm mm-hmm. that is so restrictive to where it's choking off things that you don't yeah, intend to catch? I, I probably assuming people are listening to us, <laughs> there might be some people who are feeling a little uptight or uncomfortable with the idea of just saying, how do we censor this or, or get rid of this because I think there's also an argument to be made that, you know, people are adult. Well, adults are adults and, and maybe people should have the right to determine for themselves what is something that they want to bother listening to or not or something that they think will inform them or not. I know the danger of it. I mean, we know the danger of it um, that, you know, it can brainwash people and, and, and whatever, create hatred and things like that. But um, I don't know. Sometimes I, I, I've watched Alex Jones in the past, um, you know, out of more like morbid curiosity and and I see it and I laugh and it's kind of scary, but it's so off the wall that a lot part of me thinks like, oh, maybe it's better to have him out there. I think most people would see that and be like, this guy's batshit crazy. Um, you know, like you can listen to this, his reaction right here. If we want to listen to this little bit about when he found out that he was banned from social media and then you can play that bit. But 
getting, you know, moving on, you know. So, yeah. So, you know, if you look at also, for example, in Germany, you're not allowed to write favorably about the Nazis. Um, it's illegal. I think it's illegal in, in, in certain other places. And as an American, that, you know, that rubs me the wrong way. It comes off wrong. But of course, you know, I, I hate hate speech. You know, I it, it's, you know, it's scary stuff. It causes a lot of damage. I understand why Germany does it, you know, has their own law because of their, you know, specific unique history with Nazism. But um, again, yeah, so we get back to the gatekeepers, you know, do we, I guess what I'm trying to say is, shouldn't people just be allowed to be their own gatekeeper? Do we need Facebook to do it for us or Twitter? We've always True. had gatekeepers when it comes to information. The, the, thing, the thing we forget about information is that information True. is not knowledge. You, you can have a ton of information and be no better off for it because right. it's, exactly. it's not very good. So we, 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 need, we, need, we need gatekeepers to suss out what is mm-hmm. valuable and what is not. Now, that, that might sound un-American to some people. That might sound elitist to some people. But having, 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 been, having been trained as a journalist mm-hmm. and, and worked in, in journalism, there are a particular set of skills. Sure. Oh, and just full disclosure, I've worked job. as a reporter. I, I, and, it seems weird to say I'm a journalist, but no, I've, I've written for newspapers. I still do. Um, so I'm, I'm familiar with what Frizzell here is talking about. You know, journalists do, you know, good journalists do follow, you know, rigorous standards. And, you know, the reason that they do is because, you know, they're reporting the facts and you have to be able to, you know, to trust them. And you might want to edit some of this because I'm rambling. But the point is, is that, um, yeah, journalism has a lot of standards that must be adhered to. And so a person who's getting information from a, a news source that doesn't follow any of those standards or maybe even goes against them and completely breaks them. Yeah, that's you're not doing yourself a favor if you get it. But then again, there. Yeah. And you want the world flooded with that, you know, bullshit. But then we get to the point of the gatekeepers, you know, and again, like like you said, it might seem elitist or whatnot. But yeah, there have always been gatekeepers. There, there has to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's right. that's my point of view. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that everyone should have the opportunity to to practice journalism if they choose to. But you have to hold people's feet to the fire. I mean, freedom of speech doesn't mean that oh, you can say whatever you want and go unchallenged. It just, it just yeah, it, it just means that you have a voice. And having a voice is a great thing as long as you're willing to uh, uh, mm-hmm. be, yeah, be prepared and, for the consequences. Oh, go on. I, and I, well, I, I've had the experience where I've, I've written something mm-hmm. and I've gotten a letter from a reader mm-hmm. or you know, a phone call and yeah. they were really upset or they challenged something I said yeah. or maybe I made it made a, made a blunder. And when you when you find yourself in that situation, you either you, you take care of, of yeah, the state. I would say a real and you apologize difference to your between leadership. a professional, you know, news organization and, you know, some BS, you know, fake news, you want to use the term, is that, yeah, there's there's corrections every day in like the New York Times. They get something wrong, they, you know, they issue a correction. Whereas I don't think you would see the, you know, any corrections in places like Breitbart or RT or Sputnik, any of those, you know, types of right. news sites. Right. Or, or yeah. Fox News yeah. for that matter. Don't get me started on those guys. Well, and, and Fox News, that, that, that reminds me, that brings mm-hmm. to mind another uh, kind of question in all of this. I think that we've gotten to the point where we don't we don't acknowledge the distinction between right. hard news, meaning meaning mm-hmm. black based resources. Well, right, and not just commentary, but almost and uh, like ent- entertainal commentary. If you want to invent a word for it, <laughs> yeah, right. So, so if, if you're watching Fox and Friends or right. Alex Jones, that's commentary. That's not news. Or on the on the other side, if if it's MSNBC, if you're watching. Rachel Maddow, that's not news, that's commentary. And understanding the distinction can color how you view the news right. and, and, and professional journalists as a whole. So when people say that the news, the, the left-wing 
media is biased. What they're really talking about are commentary and op-eds. They're not talking. They're right. not talking about the front page of the New York Times right. yeah, well, or breaking a professional news on, on journalist headline news. Well, you know, you know, not be biased. They're going to do their job as you know without any bias as possible. Um, there are other ways though that that mainstream media can be biased in terms of what they may choose to cover, choose not to cover. But I see what you're. But yeah, I know what you're saying. There's a difference between a reporter who goes out and does the the um trade the craft of reporting as opposed to a talking head. Right. Right. I mean, it's the difference between original reporting right. and someone like we are right. doing right now. I didn't do any reporting uh, for this on, on the news. So I well I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, pretend in any way that right now what we're doing is unbiased uh, original reporting because it's not that's not the point. Right. Common commentary by its nature mm-hmm. is biased. And hopefully you, you can have back it up with facts. But right, still a point of view. It's not hard news. And you're right. right. A lot of people, I think, miss that distinction. Um, and, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that Fox News, um, not the news channel, you know, based in New York City, but um, the, the smaller outlets around the country, you know, a lot of them do real good reporting. You know, I, I read Fox News articles. They pop up in right. different places and I read them and, you know, they're well-sourced professional articles. I, and that's another thing people need to remember because, you know, Fox gets a bad rap and I think a lot of it's justified, but there's different aspects to Fox. And for example, in Milwaukee, Fox 6, the local news station, is not a... From what, from what I can tell, there's no um, left or right bent at all. It's just local news. Um, I used to work with them, you know, do, you know, doing media relations for the Zoological Society, and you know, they're really, you know... So so that type of Fox is not what we're talking about here, just to make it clear. Listener. Yeah, but it does it does uh, kind of put the point on the head of they're doing original reporting about what's happening in the community. And you, you you're watching Sean Hannity, and that's not what he's doing. That's not why he's there. But there 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 are people who who don't see the difference between those th- those two things. And and honestly, they're probably not. They, they may not even be watching the original reporting on the Fox yeah. cable news station, which mm-hmm. they do some of that as well. And it's just reporting. It's like they're they're doing reports on on the. The, the fires right. in California, right. exactly. and there's no bias there. There's no political bent. They're just they're just talking about exactly. this is what is happening. These people's lives are in danger. But there 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 are people who spend far probably probably far too much time just mm-hmm. watching the talking head shows, and that's what yeah. they're thinking and, of when you say. And again, news. I think people gravitate toward toward that because of you know the issue of confirmation bias. You kind of know what you're going to get when you listen to Hannity, or for that matter, Rachel Maddow, and it feels good to have your you know views valid. Um, and uh, I don't know what my point was. Well, but at a, at a certain at a certain point, you have to you have to know you're kind of being duped. I mean, I can't I can't watch Rachel Maddow, even though even though I would probably call myself a liberal. But when I watch her, I get I get so frustrated mm-hmm. because of how she's talking about the issues. It, it's it's I don't, it's just right. Well, I, yeah, I, it's too attack doll for me, and I, I'm not interested. I'm, I'm not interested in in my media commentary being an, an attack dog. I'm I'm interested in like a well reasoned. You know, I don't have a lot of time here. That's maybe kind of your feeling, not listening to this partisan bluff. Well, and it's it's commenting on things that the facts aren't in yet, but you've come to a conclusion. It's like, well, yeah, that's a good point too. I mean, there's the you know the whole 24 hour rule that I try to follow when I hear something you know big happen in the news, where I might you know spout off on 
Facebook or something about it. I tend to like to wait a little bit of time, for hours, but you know, so the more of the facts come in, you know, some of the smoke dissipates. Um, but yeah, a lot with a lot of these talk shows and because of the nature of the 24 hour news cycle, they, they start talking about the next big thing in the news right away. And then later we find out, well, well, some of it was accurate. Some of it was wrong, but that's just the nature of the beast. I don't think you're going to see any, uh, 24 hour news, uh, right. channel actually hold off on reporting something just because they don't have all the facts yet. In fact, they'll openly say like, we're still learning, blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, True. Yeah. And that, that's, that's a responsible way to present what you know. Um, doesn't always happen when you're looking at okay. some of the talking oh, head cool. shows. They they don't always say that. But well, I, I just want to get I just want to get back to okay. this the, this question of the, of social media and what their role is um, because they've been resisting mm-hmm. this idea for a very long time that they're publishers. And this past week was probably the first time that any of them actually took a step that they didn't. They might not have explicitly said, "Hey, we're publisher got uh, uh, you guys," but they're, they're acting. They're behaving like publishers in that they're they're starting to ban and and restrict people and, and certain types of, of speech right. very uh, aggressively. Yeah, and uh, so I guess then you know one of the concerns about it is is um, can that be abused? Can they or not that they would necessarily try to do it? But I know of you know on a micro level, people Facebook friends of mine who have had their um, account shut down for a few days because someone reported them for doing something that went against the rules, and you know maybe it turns out that that person who reported them them just had an axe to grind, you know, and if you get, you know, a big group of people, you know, from around the world, let's say you get 30,000 people to decide that, hey, this, uh, this Facebook page over here, that's about, I don't know, um, something, you know, it's about Israel, or whatever, and a lot of people don't like Israel. So, you know, maybe they can just raise up enough of a um, problem so that it'll get banned. I know that things like that have happened. And, it, you know, it goes the other way, too. So I guess that's my biggest concern when it comes to social media um, censoring things is that it can be abused and that you can get a kind of like mob rule going on. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we already do have mob rule, though, is the, is the thing. It's just it's just right. in favor I mean, of, of of misinformation. But the, the, the thing, I, I understand your point on, well, maybe it goes too far. But then but then the, the argument you're making right now is the exact argument that Alex Jones is making, that, oh, this is just people mm-hmm. you know with an axe to grind who, right. because I support the president, they, they, want, they want to shut me up. Well, and I guess that's why they have specific and, guidelines, okay? And so that, you know, you apparently know, Alex Jones for some that, went over those guidelines. I don't, I ha, I should have read up on the guidelines before this, so I don't know them specifically. I mean, I understand it's probably things like, you know, can't do hate speech, so that, you know, will take out Alex Jones. But um, I don't know, does it have any guidelines in terms of the validity of the things that you talk about or report on it on your Facebook page or on your own site that Facebook links to? I don't know. Well, c- consider this. Alex Jones, Alex Jones propagated the idea that the Sandy Hook parents were all actors and the, the, the massacre right, of and those children was a government hoax to, I know. Yeah, to the point where one fam- family in particular had to move seven times because it's basically threatening. So to me, that gets to the level of when we're talking about free speech, right. that gets to the level yeah, of I mean, I do yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it did cross the yeah. point where people's you know lives were being, were being endangered because of Alex Jones. And of course, on top of that, the unbelievable cruelty of it. But yeah, he said things that have made people want to behave violently and threaten other people. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are going to get violent anyway, even if they read something, 
mainstream if it decides, you know, if they just decide to get so angry about it. You know, I mean, uh, pe- the people that, that have shot abortion doctors in the past or, or burned down abortion clinics um, probably didn't need a right wing, you know, media ecosystem to make them do it. They can just read about the fact that there's pro-choice and find their local, you know, they're going to find something to tick them off and set them off in the mainstream media, too. I guess I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but I'm just thinking out loud about, you know, yeah, again, at what point do you, well, I'm talking about two different things, I think. You're going to have to... Well, I, I, I understand what you're saying that you can have you can have these kinds of uh, instances without an Alex Jones, and there's there prob there there are probably a multitude of, of 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 these bad actors out there who weren't listening to an Alex Jones or a Rush Limbaugh or a Sean Hannity or a Rachel Maddow. But I don't know that that dismisses the point that what these what what these kinds of of content producers do is they 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 amplify the rhetoric they 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 heighten yeah, absolutely the level I mean, of it's like they're of, designed to do that of they discord to do that. and anger so right so we're not you can't be surprised when someone who has listened to a couple hours of one of these people mm-hmm. ranting about the deep state quote, to quote, right. do something in defense of real america so getting back to the main point then you 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 exactly. say or you maintain that so it is a good thing that um social media platforms are becoming gatekeepers or is it maybe maybe what it really is is it's just an unfortunate thing that they have don't to know. become gatekeepers maybe that's the real not argument but real aspect of it well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that this might be just one component of an overall gatekeeper management, whatever you want to call it, strategy. Because I don't think I don't think that the platforms policing uh, content producers in this way is going to solve the problem. So we probably need not just this, but also a reworking on how how these sources are served up to to um, to people on the platforms. We need probably a change in how how they're presented. Um, the, the the idea of some sort of rating system. And who determines? I'm not what opposed the to that, are, but yeah, go on. Uh, how that how that would look in real life, I'm not sure. But it's, mm-hmm. but it's probably going to take a yeah. number a number of small yeah, steps to get to a larger solution. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not the smartest man in the room. I don't know exactly what all that would look like. Yeah, I mean, I think that the banning alone, that I don't know that's going um, to do the trick. Get rid of, you know, the voices of hate, you want to put it that way. They always are going to find a way to get their voice heard one way or the other. I mean, Alex Jones isn't going away. It's yeah. just maybe, it's just harder for people to find him. And by that, I mean people that maybe no. don't intend to find him, but but stumble upon him yeah. and then like him. His hardcore listeners aren't going to miss out on anything. They can just go to his website. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And you can still download the, the app on iPhone or yeah. Android. Uh, so he's still it's an interesting discussion. I do too. I know that before you mentioned something about right, conspiracy so theories, that, that that's a I think total, we should wrap it up here. That's an entire episode on it on its own. Um of course, I mean it's related to this because these websites are all in conspiracy theories, but we'll have to talk about that on another one. Um so did you right. wanna say something about your news hole of the week? Describe for our listeners what this is, yeah. Yeah, so now's the time. Now's the point right. in the show where we talk about about, uh, we choose we choose our news hole of the week. Um, and for li- listeners who don't know, uh, in journalism, the news hole is the portion right. of the broadcast or the publication 
where the news uh, is placed. So in most news organizations, the ads so the has are kind of figured out first. And what's left over is what, what they call the news hole. <laughs> no, I know. Hey, I'm sorry. I had to get scattered. But we are kind point. of playing on that. Our, future, <laughs> our listeners will probably find that out in the future. That sometimes, uh, whatever. You can delete this part. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're trying to, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about someone in the news who has, whose level of ass hattery or fuckery is so astonishing that they get the honor of being the news hole of the week. Yeah. Uh, this week for me is has gotta be Paul Manafort. I don't know how how one manages to in the same week right. uh, have reports come out about yeah. buying ostrich jackets worth thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. um, uh, funneling money through all kinds of back channels, working for unsavory government officials yeah, abroad. It's pretty astonishing. The witness these guys have in your these own people trial. just think they're above the law. They really do. They've gotten yeah. away with stuff for so long that that's what it seems to me. I mean, especially like the Trumps too. I, I just think that you have people that have a certain level of influence and wealth and they actually forget the law applies to them too. <laughs> but I, I'm, I, I just, I don't get it. It's like, how, how dumb can you, can you be to do this stuff and think, well, you know. Yeah, I know. It's, like in, in, in the case of the uh, witness tampering. Yeah, exactly. How would he think that he could get away with that? And saying, hey, I, it wouldn't occur to you that some of these people would say, yeah. well, I should probably notify someone about this because uh, I don't want to end up in prison also. I mean, you could, you could easily be brought up on charges for something like obstruction of justice or conspiracy by participating in his witness tampering. So, I, Well, I'm going to pivot it's, really it's, quick it's because amazing. I was going to say something about but anyway, Pence, but actually something that I agree with. Him that wasn't, we're, we're still new at this, listeners. So I was actually going to you know, say, hey, there's actually something that he's talking about that I agreed with, um, even though I, I hate the guy and an idiot. But, um, you know, but I was just reading before about um, Nunez and another person with an incredible amount of gall um, who's just really playing defense for the president instead of behaving in an oversight manner. Um, so, you know what? I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm a little unprepared for this one. We're going to have to uh, edit part a little bit. That's okay. Because sure. I wasn't, I, I didn't realize that I had, that I had to necessarily um, go after somebody for doing something sure. stupid. I was actually going to say that, you know, Pansy, you know, talk about creating spa- Space Force, and it sounds funny and stupid, but there's actually think, some legitimacy for having a Space Force. But anyway, um, should I just come up with some <laughs> Well, right. Well, well, right. And there's also you, satellites, you, you, which are used for intelligence purposes. You, you so, already I mean, have a space in that force. sense. It's called space the Air has Force. Already been, you know, not weaponized necessarily, but, but well, I think the argument is are we going to create, are we going to take that off of the all hands of, that of the Air in Force terms of the military is under the purview you know, of the Air Force? Of the military. So and is it necessarily a bad idea? You know, a lot of times, you know, my knee jerk reaction even is you know, when I hear Trump say something or support something, I'm like, ah, but I also told myself that, hey, you know, I saw a lot of people do that when Obama was president. Just oppose anything that he was for just because they hated Obama. And I told myself that I'm not going to do the same thing. Now, 99% of all the things that you know, Trump does, I'm opposed to. And the space force sounds really ridiculous. And I, I scoffed at it at first. But when I did more reading, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that our you know rivals are, you know, doing the same thing. They're, you know, figuring out ways of taking out our satellites and things like that. And, you know, whether we like it or not, we are going to have to, you know, make sure that we're on top of that game because, you know, we're not going to go back living in caves, you know. The rest of the- okay. Well, my, 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 my only problem with it, well, two problems. The first is the name. Space Force is a ridiculous. Um, just, just calling it that makes it easy to, to dismiss out of hand. Second thing is, again, the Air Force is already interested in this stuff. 
it's not it's not like it's not like the Air Force is sitting on their hands not considering what's going on in space. They're 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 the ones responsible for Okay, so instead the of calling it space communication force, system, just at least expand in terms the, of what the know, military is using the Air Force uh, up a few miles so, from the earth. Yeah, that's I, a good point. I guess, All right, well then I, I, I rescind I, I, my I feel um, like it's it's, it's a problem. Something that Pence it's, and it's, Trump it's a solution supported. looking for a problem. Um, again, next episode, I will uh, have a um, more specific thing to say about somebody. Um, but hey, these are our, our learning curve. And I really appreciate everybody who's listening to this. They're still listening. <laughs> Well, no, the, okay. All right. What? Space hole. A space force. Space well, hole. The space right. force. Yeah, is yeah, a yeah pretty I think good what, the funny thing about the space force is it, like it makes me think of like an X-wing fighter and like literally like the space Air Force, force in nine. space when that's not what it's going to be, you know, and that's not what it is now. You know, we're not going to have spaceships flying around with rockets on them. I think it's it's not going to be as um, movie like as people think. But <laughs> right. It, it, yeah. It, 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 it makes me I mean, think of Rick Moranis wearing that. Oversized Dark Vader helmet. Every time I hear Space Force. Oh, man. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, a lot of millennials won't remember that commercial. But yeah, there used to be a commercial that we would hear all the time. Oh, my God. Somebody needs to do that. Army, Somebody needs to Navy, do that mock Force, commercial. Marines, so I we don't have ask that. for experience. We give it. Some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool man alright this is fun um, I hope everybody has a nice I, week I don't and, care if um, anyone else gets it I just you want know, it if people, anybody has any suggestions or whatever they should contact us and I don't know how we're going to have people contact us for sale alright yeah we're working on it this is we're working on that. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's <laughs> thanks for uh, having the conversation with me and all the listeners out there. If Definitely. Sounds good, man. I look there, forward to it. Take it easy. Probably, maybe. All right. Uh, bye bye. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see you again next week and uh, talk more news hole. All right. Thanks, Zach. Bye.